This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the Indian action epic RRR plus I saw the flash early and the fellas ask me spoiler free questions about it. Justine Bateman warns actors about the future of AI expendables for trailer reaction. They fix the sound on Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Captain America four has a new title and more all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, June 12th, 2023. <laughs> you know who this is and you know why you're here. You want all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, and by God, you found it. Forget everything else out there. Forget all the Scientology bullshit. This is the real deal. This is the real deal. Worship at the feet of the holy trio of geekdom. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Play it. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Clans out there. Let's give it up. Hi-yo, what's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us when he's not uh, fighting back British colonizers, uh, he's working on the, <laughs> the art of Kama Sutra. It's Rugbeam, uh, but we just call him Rugboy. What's up, Rugbeam? Quiet. I'm trying to harness my yoga. I'm stretching my legs over my head right now. <laughs> oh, my God. You're super oh. flexible, Rugs. Careful. Oh, oh, I think something's popping. Okay. I right. can't uh, wait till um, a second. brown people take back yoga as, you know, their thing. <laughs> it belongs to me now. <laughs> because, the you know, apparently white women have cornered the market on yoga. You would think they invented it if you look up things on the Internet. But one of these days, a brown person... <laughs> we'll take Deep breathing, Imran. <laughs> Breath work. It, Anthony, do you do yoga? It's amazing. I've never done yoga in my life. No, really? Oh my god! I, you, I actually do want to try at some point. You fart a lot. Well, That's yeah, what I you learned. release a lot of things <laughs> and you sweat. But man, the high you get at the end, you feel amazing. Like all the stretching and pulling. I actually rather enjoyed it when I was doing it, and I miss it. Uh, but you can fix your back without going to the doctor. It's a real cheap way. Fix your back. I've done that. Like, miracle. It's amazing. Yeah, I'd like to go at some point. I just haven't worked up the courage to no, go no, no. by myself. You don't, you don't got to go anyplace. There's all sorts of shit online. You can watch no, videos. But the half the experience is looking at no, the girls doing it. The oh, place, oh, there's true. a lot of these like newfangled fun. It's like you're going to a freaking nightclub. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah just. No, I like doing it at home. I'd be way too embarrassed doing it outside. Somebody. Have you seen Can the you? yoga where you do it and there's just goats around you? Goat yoga? Yeah. I see the yoga where there's like puppies and they just lie on you. Is that yoga? Yeah, no, that's what similar similar thing. I've seen this. They a got times. bikini yoga, yoga Anthony. Bikini. What's that? They got bikini yoga. Bikini yoga. Yeah. I want to do that like hot Bikram yoga yes, where it's hot, like the, yes. the, that where the guy that's like way out of shape. I want that guy leading it. <laughs> He's just sweating his balls off, just profusely <laughs> dripping. There's a puddle on the ground on the yoga mat. Just go to your like, house. Let's show you. Yes, I can do that. <laughs> There's a puddle on the ground, the yoga mat, and the yoga hasn't even started. There's the yes, we have it, and now we're going to begin. It's already it's curling up. He can't keep it flat because of all the liquid pouring off him. His, his hands are all pruned up. <laughs> his hands are pruned up already. 
I want my yoga instructor to either look like Imran or Dal Sim from Street Fighter Two. And then, yes, yeah. either one would be. I'd be, <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, want, this, is the, this is the experience. Either, either that the guy has to be floating in the air. <laughs> you don't want that Bikram dude because I think he got jailed for things. He, he did. I think he was good. like. Yeah. Doing Anyways, some shit this isn't it. the yoga podcast. Even though I highly recommend it, we have an action movie to review and some fun geek news to go over. Let's do it, you yoga bastards. The Jock and Ned Podcast. There's Yoga Hosers by Kevin Smith. I've never seen it, but I heard it's good. I don't know. No, it's not. It's not? Okay. No. no. It's terrible. Uh, all right. We're going to start with, here's the big news this week, fellas. The big news listener, guess what? Yours truly, the nerd, has seen the Flash movie. Oh, shit. It wow. exists. It's not uh, fake. What? <laughs> yeah, there's a story. Here's the story, right? We mentioned last week they were doing a bunch of screenings across the country all week. Were, you know, you could get sign up and get tickets. We had a screening through work. Normally, I hate these screenings because they oh, overbook the shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you got to show up early. And the ones in Chicago are usually downtown. And I don't like driving downtown. You got to find parties. It's a fucking nightmare. But this one through work, luckily, was at Rosemont. It was nearby where I work. It was perfect. It was Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Was it reserved seating? It was not reserved seating. So you did oh, still have still to, get to get there, there early. Home. But it wasn't that bad. The line moved pretty fast. They had a couple theaters that they were doing it in. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So it worked out. There was plenty of room. AMC uh, 12, really nice theater. I had no idea. Uh, here's the thing I grabbed two passes. So this time I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to watch The Flash. Yes. Hell yes. And I got two passes, and Anthony, you were not available, unfortunately. Sorry. I was not. I asked you first. Thank you. And then I was just going to go. And then last minute, I was like, I don't want to waste this ticket. What do I do? Let me select a randomly selected Jock and Nerd Patreon member that lives in Chicago. Uh, and that ended up being your boy, Jess Rivera. And that's apparently oh, your boy. Shit. It's my boy, dude. Every, it's everybody's boy. If you're in our Facebook group which he's been in for years. He's been listening for years. Like, you feel like you know these people. And this is only the second time I've actually met him in person. Uh, and he's been listening to the show and supporting for years. But he's a, a fucking great guy. Jess is great. What a fun guy to hang out with. It was a lot of fun. Luckily, he made it. And, uh, yeah, we watched this movie. So, of course, the movie comes out this week. We're going to review it. Spoiler next week. But I thought I would do this. Uh, by having you guys ask me questions spoiler free of course i'm not gonna spoil anything mm, okay what do you want to know i've seen the flash question number one does it end good <laughs> the third <laughs> act is a chaotic messy fucking thing and actually after i watched it i left for and for a long time i was like what the fuck happened at the end there what what was all of that there's a lot of fan service uh, the third act, unfortunately, is not the strongest part of this movie, much in line with you well, know, a lot of the DC movies. Let me adjust my question. Yeah. Does the ending kind of uh, give any kind of a runway for James Gunn or is it just it just ends this universe or it is a what? nice piece of closure to the Snyder universe? It does kind of act like okay. that. you could see hmm. it like that. Yes. With a couple of things they do. Okay. Okay. Anthony, what did you think question? of? What did you think of Michael Keaton? Oh, Keaton's fucking fantastic. Every time I heard the fucking, da -da 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 -da, I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Uh, he does a good job. He's a lot of fun. Uh, great performance, uh, and it's great to see him back in the suit again. So yeah, he's good. 
Next. Mm. What about new Supergirl? She's not bad. Didn't really give her a lot to do. Okay. Uh, and uh, I she looked great in the suit. Um, was it a good movie? This is the, this is the question. Here's what I'm going to say. It was. I must say it was good. On man, maybe even pretty great. It's it's very funny. Uh, it's the beginning is great. It starts great. Uh, Ezra Miller is really good, and it's no secret he he's playing two berries. And if you've seen the trailers, you see Shades of Back to the Future. There's a lot of that in there, but he's really good. They sorry, they are really good as the berries. Uh, and overall, I was entertained. I was smiling. Uh, there's some a lot of Easter eggs and nods, and maybe a little bit too much fan service. Uh, Never enough fans. Remind me a little bit of No Way Home. I'll tell you what; it's unfortunate this movie came is coming out right after Across the Spider Verse because mm. it's kind of a lot of the same shit, and Spider Verse does do it better. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's going to be compared to that, and I think they're expecting maybe a soft opening, like seventy million opening weekend, which is it's kind of low for this. The budget. Rumored to be upwards of three hundred million dollars with all the marketing. Wow, and the, and the that's pretty floppy. Shit. If you want to get yeah. three hundred million, but is it good? Out of all these DCU movies, yeah, I, it was definitely one of the more enjoyable ones. What so. about legs, Imran? So, will it have legs? Okay, this is what's interesting. The, the whole marketing strategy. Here's another story that goes along with this. We talked about how they can't put Ezra Miller in front of a microphone. They can't have them answering any questions at all. How do you market a huge movie without your lead? Well, you give it away for free. You do screenings. We were sitting next to this 13-year-old kid. This kid was, okay. this kid was great. We started talking to him. Jess and I, we made friends with him. Uh, he was all over it. It reminded me when I was 13 how geeked I was for Batman 89. This was his second screening of this movie already that hadn't even come out yet. So, Whoa. yes. And I heard at CinemaCon in April, we started early showing this movie. I heard in April in CinemaCon, they didn't show a big portion of the ending. When the movie ended, I, told, I asked, we talked to the kid. I was like, give me the lowdown. Was there any difference without saying to spoiling, whatever? He did say that that screening had more in it than he saw in the screening before. So they were trying to protect stuff. There is a post credit scene. Uh, and as far as if this is the final version of the movie, that's great, but it's kind of clever to give it away, and I'm going to go see it again because I need to see if it's the same fucking movie because the kid told me the screening he saw before, they didn't show a lot of things. They didn't reveal things at the end there. So that kid was great, dude. If you see it through the eyes of the 13-year-old kid, this movie, I can easily see how people you could call it the greatest comic book movie of all time. I felt that way about Batman 89, and that movie is not perfect, but I think it's a fucking perfect movie. Because I was 13. So as far as the hype and hyperbole of Greatest Combo, it didn't blow me away. I would temper that a little bit. Currently on Rodden Tomatoes, uh, out of 128 reviews, it's sitting at 72%. Okay. I would, I'd say it's pretty accurate. I'd, I'd probably give it a little bit higher score. But so maybe like an 80. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it is fun, and there's some, yeah, the humor and the, the, the visuals. Oh, here's another great thing. It has some of like the best CGI I've seen and some of the fucking worst CGI I've seen in the same movie. And it's so bad at times it pulls you out and it's perplexing why I hope they finish it. I don't know if they can. This movie's been done for a while. It's done. So now it's finished. Yeah, it's this, yeah, this, this, it. this, I think what you're seeing is a, basically a final product. So like the effects when he's running in the thing is fucking amazing. There's a whole other 
do uh, goings on that's very important to the story looks like shit. Hmm. And it's actually kind of a big. There's part. some of those trailers. It, it looks like shit. I I noticed that even some of the trailers. So. It's kind of all over the place. Ah, I'm still. Ex- I, I you haven't tempered my excitement. I'm seeing it this Thursday, right? Uh, okay, this yeah, this Thursday out? it comes out. Yes. I still didn't even buy it. I don't know why I'm asking you guys. I'm not seeing it with you, but yeah, <laughs> Thursday. So uh, the uh, Andy and Barbara Machete are the producers, and he's the director. They did just say that. That last, this most recent screening is it. There's no more surprises for the audiences that have seen it. Uh, that's that. There's nothing more. But we'll see because I, I mean it's kind of clever to, to like fuck with people and like now I'm still gonna go see it again, of course. So hmm. d- wait, you saying I didn't? I didn't make you? Did I make you more or less geek boner? No, you made me. I'm still about even Same. excitement. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I no. think I think it'll be fun. I think. Yeah. I've heard some good things about some of the fan service stuff and. I've heard it's pretty, you know. You said even it's 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 not it's not it's that's sometimes great. So I think it's pretty in line with what I've heard. Yeah, no, I I would definitely recommend it. It's a fun time at the movies at the very least, and uh, it's two and a half hours long. Uh, you know, we never really got another than that. I mean, we never really got a flash movie. No, I and mean, you have that one show that they yeah. released on TV, like uh, as a movie type thing, yeah. pilot. Yeah, but we never really so. It'd be nice to get a flash. And the movie, movie. cleverly work, it works as like an origin movie, even though we've met this flash a bunch of times. It does. I do think about because they did this whole story in the Grant Gustin, the flash, this whole mm-hmm. flashpoint going back to save his mother. And you know what? They did a pretty good job with that, actually, for one season. So that's really the only thing I, I was comparing it to. But um, for a cinematic version of the flash, it's yeah, it's fun. It's pretty dope. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Any other questions, Rugs? Any other? No, no I, I don't right. want to know too much. I no, just no, yeah, want to know. It. That's it. I don't that want you saw it. It exists. Yeah. It it's seems real. Like, they fucking seems made like it. you had a good time for the most part. Yeah. Yes, listener. And if you, uh, I did. If you ju- sign up for our Patreon, I did do a spoiler uh, reaction, instant theater reaction. Most of what I said here. So, but there's some other things in there. Uh, and listener, let me know. You can join the conversation. Let us know how geeked you are for the Flash. Join the Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. There is a link in the episode description, uh, and it's a closed group just for you. There will be a Flash movie spoiler thread posted on Thursday, and then you will hear all our instant reactions on the Patreon feed and stuff. Fun stuff. Okay, moving on. Uh, you didn't think I'd forget about the writer's strike update. You're not getting away without me giving you writer's strike update. <laughs> update. They're still on strike. Oh, shit. Oh, all right. Week six. On strike, I did want to share this thing I found. It's a Twitter thread from about a month ago from Justine Bateman. You guys know Justine Bateman? I know Jason Bateman. It's his sister. Oh. She famously played uh, Mallory on Family Ties, my uh, Alex P. Keaton's sister. Uh, but she's like a producer, writer, director, and uh, more. So I want to read you this uh, thread she has about AI and because it, it's relevant now because, you know, the DGA took a deal while the writers still on strike. SAG-AFTRA, the Actors Guild, it's next turn. Their, their contract expires at the end of this month. They have already authorized their dude to call for a strike. Everyone has said, yes, if it comes to that, you can call for a strike. We're behind you. But they're going into negotiations. So this thread that she posted a month ago is directly aimed at SAG actors. This is Justine Bateman says, SAG actors, I want to talk to you about AI and how it will affect you. I'm a former SAG board member and former SAG negotiating committee member. I'm also WGA and DGA. 
As a coder and someone with a computer science degree, I want to tell you where I believe AI is going. She does have a degree from UCLA. It's pretty crazy. She says, one, AI written scripts and digitally scanned actors, image and or voice both already exist. Some talent agencies are actively recruiting their clients to be scanned. You choose the projects and get 75 cents on the dollar. Your digital image can be triple and quadruple booked. So that bodes well for a 10 percenter. I'm not sure what that part means. Two, films customized for a viewer. Based on their viewing history, which has been collected for many years, actors will have the option to have their image bought out to be used in anything at all. Three, films ordered up by the viewer. For example, quote, I want a film about a panda and a unicorn who saves the world in a rocket ship and put Bill Murray in it. You'll be able to do that. Four, viewers getting digitally scanned themselves and paying extra to have themselves inserted in these custom films. Imagine you're like, I want, okay, she says five, licensing deals made with studios so that viewers can order up older films like Star Wars and put their face on Luke Skywalker's body and their ex-wife's face on Darth Vader's body, etc. Six, she says, training an AI program on older hits TV series and creating an additional season. Family Ties, for example, has 167 episodes. An AI program could easily be trained on this and create an eighth season. We only shot seven. And she, she finishes by saying AI has to be addressed now or never. I believe this is the last time any labor action will be effective in our business. If we don't make strong rules now, they simply won't notice if we strike in three years because at that point, they won't need us. Addendums. Actors, you must have ironclad protection against the AI use of your image and voice in the SAG MBA or your profession is finished. Demand it from SAG AFTRA and do not accept any AMPTP proposal that does not have it. Needless to say, no IATSE crew members, no Teamster drivers, no DGA directors will be needed. At first, these efforts will be run by software project managers, and eventually even they won't be needed. Yeah. Do you think she's close? I feel like a lot of this is dead on where it's going. Yeah, she's dead on 100%. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, not crazy because I've been talking about this since like a year ago. Yeah. Like that uh, this AI is going to be able to do... They do these things like, oh, can AI do your job? They're like, no, I can't do it yet. But yet, it's like getting very close to being able to do like literally everything. And we're only privy to like, you know, the AI that we can use. Like there's other proprietary AI that's far more more directed at certain tasks and they could do them very well. So I feel like in 10 years, there's going to be massive replacement uh in the workforce by AI massive. So uh, like they can even take our voices yeah. and make a fake podcast. Oh, absolutely. There's enough of us. I could feed it in and it could absolutely yeah. AI generate its own thing. Um, sure. Anthony, think about the future. How cool would it be if you're like, I want to watch the matrix and I want to be Keanu and you watch the matrix and it's you uh, as Neo. Whoa. I mean, those, I can't even wrap my mind around That's that. That's uh, close. I gotta be. I gotta be honest. When you were reading this, I yeah. was going, maybe I'm just dumb, or I'm just not paying attention. <laughs> but I can't. I don't really understand all this stuff that she's saying. So it's hard to even wrap my mind around all of it. Okay. Um, that being said, I did see a comment that I want to ape. Yeah. Where someone said it was. It's funny that Hollywood has been warning us about AI taking over, and now it is. Like they <laughs> yeah. were the first ones that were saying. James Cameron. One of the first ones, you know, with like Cameron and Cameron knew it was coming. Matrix and all this stuff. And we it, were making movies about AI taking over. And that is here eerie. we are. 
that it's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's yeah. good. I don't. I. I. I want to see how this all plays out. I don't really have an opinion on it because I don't really know the ramifications yet of what's. I'll leave it at this. When the profit motive is at play, shit's gonna happen. If if because when you live in an investor based society where you have uh, quarterly meetings for your investors and you got to show growth and whatever, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, we can just fucking save like shitloads of money, millions of dollars, and we don't have to get permits and sets and this and that. We can just generate everything inside a computer now because. It's gotten that sophisticated where we can just generate people, generate their voice, generate everything. Yeah, I've seen it in real time almost. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a fucking different world we live in. What that's was all. that? Was that the Unreal Engine? What was that demo we watched where the the dude scanned the lady's face talking and like within five minutes had a fully yeah. rendered uh, version? And that's that just now. Graphic. Yeah. Imagine in 10 years. So that's one way to think about it. Somebody said this and I because like Photoshop came out with in their beta generative fill where it's wild and you can expand photos and it fills it in. People are losing their mind. But somebody I was watching all these videos. Somebody said this and it, may, it puts it in perspective is that right now, as good as the software is right now, is the worst AI is going to be at any point. It's meaning it's only going to get better by leaps and bounds. And at its worst right now, it's pretty fucking Amazing. Well, think about this. At a certain point in time, we were creating the AI. Now AI is creating itself. Yeah, and it's bit. getting faster yeah. and it's doing it better. And it is solving the problems quicker. And it's getting around all this shit that we used to have we'll really struggle with. The only thing is that you need a person at the end of the day to kind of quality control it. Yeah. And that's basically it. And uh and then you need someone to collect the paychecks and to collect the cash. But, you know, and that's it. Your point is, I think the actors, they need to think this far ahead. Even if this sounds like science fiction to them now, they need to put mm-hmm. things in place because I can see, yes, dialing up, rolling up a movie like in mid journey. You can roll up an image. They call it rolling or spinning of show me this actor in these clothes at this period in this style. And boom, it's there. We're a short jump away from give me a movie with uh, Tom Hardy. It's an action movie. He's a ninja. And it's set in but Chicago. But you could already you could already do an animation yeah, of that. Yeah. You can already do it. It's just not perfect, but you can uh, I think the corridor crew did that. Oh yes. AI. Yeah. And uh I forgot what it was called, but um to create animated an animated film. Yeah, they also did the thing where they were able to take their footage and turn it into like into the Spider-Verse type footage real Hmm. Real quickly. I'm just wondering if people will like doing that, though. I don't know. It's all. It sounds like a lot of work, right? No, you got to be well, like. I'm saying oh my also, God. will people like not like knowing that they just made this, but it's not really like when I listen to AI music, for instance. Yeah, I think what's it's cool. That like you do listen but to I, it, but, but I don't. I'm not jamming it in my car right now. At a yeah. certain point, when you're not going to be able to distinguish the two, well, I can distinguish. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, I know. Like for instance, I've listened to. Them have uh, them do Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. do oh, yeah, the uh, N words yeah. in Paris. Yeah, uh, Kanye and Jay Z, and it sounds exactly like them. Yeah, but I know, and I think it's cool. But I, I don't, I'm not playing that. Like I don't want to. I, I know that it's not a song they actually made. There's gonna, they're gonna have to like tell us, right? Until you can't, you can't just sell this to us and be just like, hey, this is this person. This is this person. What and what when we know? Well, I think that's what the that. argument is for now. Like right. all this pushback, you need to 
create boundaries about what you can do with technology. And there's got to be rules. There's right. got to be the ability to track images back to where the sources are and give those people credit. So let's say mm-hmm. I create uh, an artwork and then you're like, you create a movie, but you're definitely influenced from my artwork. I should get a little piece of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the if art, you could oh, track. The art is going to be the hardest, right? Because the art, the artists are like the lowest on the totem pole when it comes to media. Right. But that's the thing. So if every art, if every piece of art that you upload into the internet is encrypted, that encryption, you can't get rid of it. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be trackable who's using it, it's even not, if it's an yeah. iteration of it. So um, NFT technology needs to be embedded so that everybody so knows. If we can figure out how to take NFT technology and lock it into things, including your likeness and your style of music writing or style of writing, if you can figure out a way to kind of, Maybe you can re-monetize. You can do, get money for nothing, which would be amazing. Like, you already created all this shit. Now, right. as people use it yeah. as an influence, yeah. now you get money. Residuals based on your avatar or AI. Holy shit. Those videos, like Michael Jackson singing Bohemian Rhapsody, are they're amazing. Like, have you heard those where, like, they just run, instead of the uh, Freddie Mercury vocal, it's run through AI, and it sounds like Michael Jackson. And you, I'm like, you, you know he never sang these songs, but it sounds so convincing. There was a speaking of AI Michael Jackson. There was an AI I saw on Instagram where they did an AI of if Michael Jackson never turned white. Oh, I saw like that. Yes, you shared that with me, and yeah, it's like young Michael Jackson before the plastic surgery, and he's got a beard and he looks great. Was, well, the, uh, then I saw the comments, and they were like, "Well, he would still have white skin because he had vitiligo." Oh, that's true. So it's very close, but just make him vitiligo. But like he had a beard and he looked older, and I was like, "Oh he man, looked great. Michael, you could have been." Wish he never tore up his face. Yeah. It was at a certain point, it was there was no going back, and there was barely any nose left. Yeah, Just kept fucking sh- thing, shaving yeah. it down. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, anyway. Kind of there was a, something going on. A, you think AI music will just be on the radio or like on Spotify in a huge at some point? Like, that'll be great. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Is I don't know if I would necessarily want that. You, There's, because yeah, you're. Rug- you're you're a millennial like these gen z and the next generation they don't think like we do they don't give a fuck about anything about about the originality or they think everything belongs to everybody like as long as it bumps it'll be fine yeah they don't even believe that like creation belongs to the creator they don't even believe anything okay i did that doesn't make any sense so they don't care they really don't give a fuck they uh whatever as long as there's a tiktok about it and it's popular, then okay, it's our, you know, then, then we're good. Well, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, two, in 2014, they did a hologram of at Coachella of Tupac. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I remember that. It's Snoop Dogg yeah. interacting with the hologram yeah, and stuff, and that was, was kind of like a yeah. AI thing they already had going on. Yeah, I wonder why that didn't catch on. Are they still doing hologram? But it didn't catch on, right? So, people? yeah. Just but not, maybe it was too early. I don't know. The technology has definitely gotten Well, better. no, they have it in, in Japan. They have that virtual character that's very famous. I forgot what her name is. but Oh, really? It's like, yeah, it's a CG character that sings, and people go and watch concerts of her. Wow. See, that's mm. what's going to happen. They're the future. You just got to look to Japan. Like, that shit is what's Well, Japan, be- but, but Japan, when you go to, not that I've been to Japan, but every time I talk to people that have been to, like, Tokyo, they're like, it's it's just, they, that's, that, that culture is so in the future. Yeah. Like they they have their own thing going on. It's just it's completely unique to anywhere else in the world. That's what happens when you take away a country's army. 
or stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Hatsune Miku. Let me put her in. Nothing the, better uh, to do but make gadgets and then they take over that way. <laughs> See, that was a mistake. Imagine, imagine <laughs> an alternate mistake. history. Uh, anyways, yeah, no, interesting. I mean, every day I'm fascinated by where it, fucking this AI shit is going. So, uh, let's switch gears. Talk about an action movie that is coming out this year. Just put out a trailer. It's the Expendables Four, everybody. Uh, I'm going to admit to uh, not having seen any of these movies, uh, but I've watched this trailer. But this, seen none of them. Wow. I've, no, I've never seen them. Uh, but this cast is wild. First of all, before we talk about the trailer, it's directed by this dude who uh, Scott Wall Wolf Whoa. He directed uh, Need for Speed. Uh, this cast is crazy: Jason Statham, Fifty Cent, Megan Fox, Dolph Lundgren, Tony Jaa. Eco Ace, Randy Couture, Jacob Scipio, Levi Tran, Andy Garcia, and Sylvester Stallone. Holy shit. Oh, shit. Quite the cast there. Uh, Anthony, you watched this trailer? You watched these movies? What did you think of this? I've seen two of the movies. Are they good? I've seen one and two. Worth I've seen parts of three. Are they any good? Um, no, but they're I mean, kind of fun. Some of them are better than, like, I think the, for me, two is the best one that I've seen. They didn't make our tournament. Two, our tournament list. No, it didn't make our tournament. Two yeah. two has um, Stallone, and Van Schwarzenegger, Van Willis, and Van Damme. Oh and there's a fight between Van Damme and Stallone, oh which my is God. great. Okay. Um, two 50-year-old men just beating the shit out of yeah, each other. Yeah, I want to watch um, this. This is like the marks where they're kind of taking the baton and giving it to Statham. Okay. You notice Stallone isn't the lead. It's yeah, Statham yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as the trailer itself... Uh, a lot of names that, if you like action, throughout the last 30 to 40, 40 years, yeah. you'll recognize. That being said, the trailer for me looked super B-movie. Yeah, it does kind of. Like, the joke wasn't really yeah, funny. Yeah, they're and, degrading. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> I mean, quality. It, it bad, like, really eh, CGI. Yeah, yeah. The way they're cutting scenes and putting them in the trailer. I don't know. I mean, it, it, Megan Fox is in it. Megan Fox hasn't been... A relevant actress in, in <laughs> ten years, so not, don't have high hopes that this is a this is a good movie. I agree. There's some explosions and some fighting, but I was like, okay, I did, wait, what is this? There's a boat tipping over. Rugs, what's your take on the four? Do you like this franchise? Um, Expendables, it, it's okay. You got um a lot of old action stars. You got Stallone. You got a you know Lundgren. You got Statham. You got a bunch of people that are. They used to have Jet Li in it. I think they they swapped out uh, some other Eco Waste and uh, Tony Jaa in there. So they're trying to keep it fresh with new people coming in and out. And uh, the movies aren't like terrible, but they're not amazing. They're just kind of like okay. Okay. And um, it was nice to see Stallone and Van Damme share the screen in the Expendables too. So it's like. Sometimes you get like that fan service that you've been waiting for forever. You know, you had one with that one had Chuck Norris in it. Oh, too. God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay, so they got, they got everybody. <laughs> Chuck Norris just shows up, blows up a bunch of stuff and leaves. Like, yep. I mean, the writing is terrible, but it's just you're not watching it for the writing. Yeah. You're just watching it to see just, you know, macho shit happen. So uh, they're not great movies. But if you want to watch that wish fulfillment of seeing, you know, Stallone and uh, a bunch of new guys like a Tony John screen with Eco Waste. I mean, you know, that's that, great. Know? That got me excited. That, I wish that, they showed more of that. Yeah, that, that that was where I was like, oh, it's kind of cool seeing Statham and Eco fighting on yeah. a bridge. 
Yeah, Eco Waste looks like he hasn't aged a day either. It's Asian. Yeah. It, it don't, don't, it don't, don't crack. <laughs> we don't, Asian don't raisin, man. Asian don't raisin. There it is. I forgot what the right. saying was. Yeah. But That's not what the saying is. Yes. Asian don't raisin. We're getting it right from the Asian community. Asian don't raisin. Yeah. Don't raisin. I like it. Right That's from the, the community, we have the slang. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, anyways, I don't know when this comes out. Sometime. I mean, in the summer where, where you got Mission Impossible and other crazy action movies coming out, we'll see how. Yeah, I mean, it's one of it's one of those things. It's a it's a nostalgia franchise yeah. um, that became a little bit of something. Um, at now you're at part four. I mean, the names are there. It's 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 a fluffed up B movie with old action stars. Stallone's having a good year. He's had the Tulsa TV show and now this and like Schwarzenegger. He's got two things on Netflix, which is he's got that FUBAR and then he put out this documentary which Bilotti said is pretty good. I started watching it. It's like a three-part, three-hour documentary hmm. about Stallone. So. The, the, one of the best parts about or part two is... Sorry. One of the best parts about part two is um, I remember besides the Stallone and Van Damme fighting and Van Damme doing roundhouse kicks at his age... But uh, is, there's a scene. There's a scene with Bruce Willis and, and Schwarzenegger where they're gunning down people yeah. and they're just using each other's lines. Like, oh no way! Bruce Willis, um, still not Schwarzenegger's like, I'll be back. He's and Bruce Willis is like, you're always back. No, I'll be back. <laughs> and then like at one point, Schwarzenegger says, "Yippee Kaye!" Oh no, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So and they're it, in like it a, is kind of self aware. Oh my god. They're, they're in like a smart car, those little tiny ones. Oh, Remember God. those yes. things? Yeah, so they look huge. So like, you know, they're trying to in fit there. in this little car. That's, that's kind of funny. adorable. Yeah, right. and, and you know, they get, you get a scene where you have Stallone, Willis, and Schwarzenegger all talking to each other in a that's church, awesome. and yeah, it's, it's cool. the kind of movie you just watch, have a beer, just like not, you know, take it too seriously. It's not mm-hmm. like you're not going to wow anyone with this movie, but it's I just don't know how how long you can keep doing that. Like this is the fourth. This movie. is the fourth yeah, one. This I'm didn't surprised. need to happen. <laughs> I'm surprised they made another <laughs> one. Got to milk this, and They're yeah, really we'll see it. how its box office is when it comes out. I'll tell you who's having a great box office right now. It's the movie we reviewed last week, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse, uh, doing really well from Variety. Uh, it says after less than two weeks of release, Across the Spider Verse has surpassed the entire box office run of t- its predecessor, 2018's Oscar winning. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. After this weekend, the comic book is sitting at $226 million domestic and $390 million globally. It is Sony's highest grossing animated release in history. Uh, so, yeah, in 12 days, it has made more than the first movie. That's very good. Wow. I congratulate them. Uh, it, and it absolutely deserves it. Um, and in our review, we talked about the audio issues that everybody seemed to experience. The mix was weird. The music seemed louder. It was a little low. Some of the dialogue That's right. was buried. Well, guess what? Don't worry. They've fixed the print and they've. Uh, <laughs> oh, my sent, God. They must have gotten so many complaints. They have they sent did. an updated, improved print with theaters. Uh, and so Sony says, oh, there was a, it was only a handful of theaters is what they Bullshit. said. Bullshit. Every person that has gone has told me. According to Variety, <laughs> quote, all the prints of the movie have now been updated. Uh, so you know what? How did they make that? They had to spend a shitload of money to no, double you know the prints. What, no, I think nowadays with digital uh, film, like, I think you just send them like an updated file. Like, you could probably just send them like a firmware update or just upload it and they download it and it's fixed. Right. It just replaces it if it's all digital. 
I don't know. But they're not just sending him canisters of film anymore. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I bet old school people like Nolan still want to send him film. But this movie is entirely made on a computer. Why would there be? You could just send a digital fucking file. It's already digital. Wow. It was never on film except for the film parts, but that's probably digital. I'm, I'm glad they made the improvement because that audio was awful. What does it make you want to? Maybe now people go see it again so they can hear what the fuck actually they were saying. Uh, but no, I think with uh, digital digital film, it just makes it easier. Uh, and then the other bit I wanted to mention is uh, the producers have said that the next one, Beyond the Spider Verse, is going to conclude Miles' story uh, in animate animation. His anime it'll be a trilogy. If they nail that one, we have possibly one of the greatest superhero trilogies on our hands ever made easily. But I feel like they're saying the animated Miles is done and he's going to make the jump to live action. Uh, Would you guys want to see that? I feel like he is poised and popular enough that absolutely they should just uh, rest those movies because it takes a long time to make them and bring them to live action. What was the question? Do you want to see him in live action (laughs) or just keep him animated? Miles? Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I thought you were asking if you want. We wanted to because I saw I saw something online where the guy that plays Miles, yes. Shmeek Moore, yes. wants Look, to be Miles yes. in live action. I thought you were asking that for some reason because I was just looking at something else. That's a good um, question too. We could talk about that because I thought that was interesting. Well, uh, to answer the question you didn't ask, <laughs> what that I asked, yeah, uh, no, I don't want to see him because he's kind of old. He's twenty eight and he's trying to lose weight. And there's no way you're gonna pay a 16 year old. I'm sorry. No, so that, I'm out on that. He's Do great. I want to see Miles no. in live action. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, Shamik Moore. Like credit to his his uh, vocal talent. Like he he did pitch it down. He sounded like a teenager at his age. I thought he did a really good job. But a voice performance is one thing. You're gonna need a, a kid. You need uh, someone who's more teenager. I mean, th- like, this like, would be like what they did with Toby when they're casting him almost as a 30 year old. Yes, as, as, Peter, as, Peter, as Parker. Peter Parker. I mean, at high school, yeah. But then, yeah, he moved past high school eventually. One movie. Uh, but, yes, I would love to see live-action Miles as well. I think it would look great. There's plenty of actors that can pull, pull it off. Absolutely. There's a ton of them, yes. There's a ton that are already petitioning and campaigning. Shamik Moore, I love you. I love you. He's great. He plays uh, Raekwon on the Wu-Tang show. He's great. I feel like um, after this uh, trilogy wraps up and they... Uh, kind of hopefully shore up all these ends and Miles can now just continue in his own universe doing his own Spider-Man thing. Yeah. Then you could go transfer into a live action movie that shows the continuing adventures, maybe. But do you think people will tie it too much to the cartoon? Mm. Is that like, is that now going to be a comparison? Like, are people are expecting it to continue? Like, you're going to get whole other fucking set of problems because of uh, what you've done with this film. I don't know. It depends on how the, this next one ends it and leaves it. Uh, you know what? The fuckery in the multiverse in this movie also can explain how Michael Keaton's vulture ends up in that fucking Morbius movie. Remember that confusing shit? Michael sure. Keaton's vulture. But if you watch uh, across the Spider-Verse, like the shit that, that happened there, you're like, oh, Okay. That's how it happened. So they fixed their own fucking problem. And here's what I want to talk about. This movie took a long time. Five years since the last one, right? I read somewhere it took them four years just to animate the Spider Society chase sequence. 
The next movie is slated to come out March 2024. It's like eight months away, nine months away. And mm-hmm. I read this article where Haley Steinfeld said that she hasn't even started recording uh, uh, anything for Beyond the Spider-Verse. And I'm like, there's no way they're hitting fucking March 2024. I feel like it's going to get delayed unless they were working on both of them. And there's not nearly as many crazy, like if they strip it down and there's not all the spider people in it and it's less characters. Do you think they're going to be able to hit this deadline is my question. I would have thought that they were making, I, I felt like it's kind of implied that they've been making both at the same time. I'm kind of surprised to hear that you're saying Haley Steinhill hasn't done any of her lines. That's, but, that's what she said. In a, apparently, in an how long does somewhere. it take to, some, to voice record lines? Not long, but usually the process is you record the voice first and you animate to the voice actor instead oh. of the other way around. So this is why I'm a little confused. Uh, or she's not in she's not in the movie a lot. I don't know. Uh, and whether this is true or whether this is some shit she said just to fucking stir up. But yeah, she said she hasn't uh, begun recording for the that movie, which is crazy. Yeah, but recording the voice doesn't take that long, so it doesn't. So, but they got they can do that in like a month, and then like animate the just the mouth uh, later. No, they're kind of probably ADR it to what her to to. Usually, they what you do is you animate to the voice. I thought you need the voice first, and then you animate to the voice. But now with technology that you can literally you do it the other way. Yeah, you could totally do it the other way now. Whoa. I mean, five Whoa. five years is the amount of time it usually takes to make one animated movie of this level. So they're working on two in this, like, and then add another year. Hopefully, we'll see. I I predict it may be delayed a little bit because, like, at least give yourself a year, like nine months. That's crazy. Once it's done. Okay. Last thing, uh, uh, some news from about a week ago: Captain America four. It had the title New World Order, is now Captain America Brave New World. Oh, new shit. title. That's it. They kept two of the words and changed one. Well, because and, uh, um, yeah. the New World Order is always going to be Wrestling. Hulk Hogan, Wrestling. Kevin Nash, and uh. Scott Hall, baby. The new new, <laughs> new, new new world order. Oh, speaking of wrestling, I saw a rumor that possibly, spoilers, uh, yeah. Seth Rollins... Yeah, is he's in, in, in this movie. Yeah, he's in this movie. Playing a, he's a professional wrestler. That's that's a f- confirmed thing. Oh, that's confirmed. Yeah, so he's playing possibly playing a character named Cobra, not from GI Joe, but Serpent Society villain or something. Yeah, I, I heard know. that. Yeah. So Seth Rollins. All right, good for him. Good for him. Look, they had George Saint Pierre in the other one. Every movie, they either get an MMA guy or a wrestling guy in the movie. So I don't know what is it, what is, does that say anything? New World Order, the Brave New World, which makes me think of Aldous Huxley. And Brave New World in 1984 and those kind of things. They should have just went a whole new world. A whole had new world. Anthony Mackie on a magic carpet. <laughs> There's some things you never <laughs> do. There's also posted a photo backstage, back set with Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford uh, palling it up there doing something. Oh, yeah. He's the uh, Red Hulk. He right? is the he's- president. President General Thunderbolt Ross, Red Hulk, mm. Ross, whatever. President Ross. I think they've wrapped shooting and stuff. So, yeah, now it's called. That's it. It's called Brave New World. Brave New World. Get ready. Uh, change all the stickers you made. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have you had it penciled in. We're going to change it again. Yeah, change it again. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Play some promos. Come back and talk about a bonkers action movie right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
What's up, guys? Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. Are you just sitting there thinking to yourself, man, I really love some dude in his garage sitting around talking about arbitrary countdowns and his favorite things in the world of movies, music, and TV. Well, guess what? That's me. Please look me up. My name is Gerald, and I am from Two Peas on a Podcast. If you want to subscribe to my countdown show, I have a different co-host every week. It's often someone from the world of podcasting or entertainment. And we go through our top five favorite things in whatever that week's category is. You can find links to all of our content, subscribe via your favorite podcast app, and follow us on social media. The easiest thing to do is just head to our website, which is www.2peasonapod.com. I hope you look me up and join the party. It's a lot of fun. See you soon. Attention podcast listeners and YouTube watchers. I'm Logan, the host of Mostly Superheroes, a weekly pursuit for the world's best stories with an emphasis on live-action superhero stuff. Every week, join me, PC Mike, The Giggler, Scotty Scoop, and Carrie as we talk MCU, DCU, books, TV, movies, and more. MostlySuperheroes.com is where you want to be. Watch us on YouTube, listen where you get your podcasts, and we'll see you Monday, Sunday on Patreon. Enjoy the rest of the show. Listener, if you enjoy the show, you press play here with us every week. You join us. It's a good time to join our awesome fan club on Patreon. Jockinerd! Visit jockinerd.com slash Patreon where you can give back your love and adoration in the form of currency, uh, either monthly or annually. And you get benefits. There's a bunch of tiers. Uh, There's an exclusive podcast feed just for our Patreon members where the shows come out early. We do instant out-of-the-theater movie reactions. You can hear my spoiler-free flash instant reaction from the screening earlier this week, and then there'll be more uh, as the fellows watch the movie, and I'll give you my uh, what I thought the second time around. Uh, we also you get Discord benefits as we do a monthly meetup on Discord to geek out and hang out. Uh, this month's Discord is Thursday, June 22nd. 8 p.m. Sign up today, and you can also pick a movie for us to review and uh, do it just for you. We do whatever you want. Almost. Siphon, they haven't got me to take my shirt off yet. No one has given me enough money. One of these days. Uh, we'll do it, though, if we get enough money, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to have to be a good How much is the rate? How much is the rate? $50,000. I know. I don't know. I'm cheap. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'll, <laughs> let me think about it. Uh, but okay. also on our Patreon, you can hear about how we picked the 40 films for our upcoming 21st century action movie tournament with John Bellotti Jr. We're going to figure out what the best action movie of the 21st century is. So this week we are reviewing one of those films. It is on the tournament. It is the 2022 movie RRR. Here's your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Again, I am very excited to review this, just like last week when we did a Spider-Man movie. Now we're doing uh, this Indian Telugu language movie uh, from Tollywood or Bollywood. They call it Tollywood because of the Telugu, but anything from India, I'm going to consider Bollywood. RRR stands for many things in the different languages this movie is dubbed in, but for English and Hindi speakers, it stands for Rise, Roar, and Revolt, in case you were wondering. Uh, the, on Rotten Tomatoes, RRR currently 95% tomato meter, 8.3 out of 10, 94% audience rating. Great numbers. 
The movie was made for a budget of $72 million. This is the most expensive Indian film ever made at that budget. Uh, and it goes on. And so it did make a lot. I think it made um, 165 worldwide is its, nice. is its final tally on that set. But during its theatrical run, it became the third highest grossing Indian film, the second highest grossing film in India, and the second highest grossing Telugu film. Also went on to pick I think up. it's pronounced Telugu. Telugu? Telugu? Telugu. Yeah. Telugu. Uh, the version we watched isn't dubbed in Hindi, of course, which because yes. I think there's more Hindi speakers. Telugu uh, is just like one region of India. Uh, the song also picked up an Oscar award for Best Original Song, 95th Annual Academy Awards, just last natu, year. Natu, 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 Natu song. And that natu. makes it the first song from an Indian film, as well as the first from an Asian film to win Best Original Song at the Oscars. This movie is directed by this dude named S.S. Rajamuli. He co-wrote this film with V. Vijayendra Prasad. So Rajamuli is kind of a big deal over there. He is currently the highest grossing Indian director of all time. He is the highest paid director in India. He has directed 12 feature films so far, and all of them have been very successful at the box office. Three of his movies, RRR, Bahubali, and Bahubali 2, are among the top six highest grossing films of India to date. And all three were also the most expensive Indian films ever made at the time of the release. So that sounds like a couple of like American or Western directors, right? It's always the biggest, a little bit like Cameron. There's a little Cameron uh, parallel there starring a bunch of uh, Indian actors. But really, the two people you want to remember these guys' names, I think they're going to be huge. Uh, N.T. Rama Rao Jr. playing Beam. And Ram Sharan is playing Sitarama Raju, Rama Raju. Mm-hmm. Those are your two main uh, characters. And these two guys will get into it, but I'll put them in a Marvel movie in a second. Let's get them. Let's <laughs> get them in there. They have all the qualifications. Anthony, uh, you, uh, you finally sat down. And this movie is over a little over three hours long. Yes. It's a long movie. I, uh, I watched this in, in pieces. Oh, I in watched chunks. it. Smart. Um, I watched about an hour or so on the plane. Yeah. I watched about another hour or so on the plane, and then I finished up right before the show. And it does break up well into like three chunks, I think, also, because they have the way it's structured. Okay, so freshly watched. Anthony, tell us what happens in RRR. It's not a pirate movie, by the way. RRR. Uh, this is about uh, when the British were ro- ruling India back in, I think, the 20s. Yes. And you have two men with different agendas that are one is a little bit more personal one is a little bit more well they both have personal agendas but one's agenda against the british is to capture a girl the other one is more working as like a deep spy spoiler alert i guess yeah to take down the british empire and they're somewhat on the opposite side of things and also un unknowingly on the same side and become friends and it's about their friendship amongst their in between their uh, agendas in terms of what they have to do against the British Empire in India. Yeah, and I gotta know because I remember Jose Ibarra like mentioned recommending this movie real early when it came out. Oh, I remember you talking about this right? right yeah, right when it was getting hot. It was getting hot and then I watched it and I was like, holy shit and I need to know what do you think after watching this movie? What? Where's your head at the end? Oh, I thought it was awesome. This is one of the movie, one of the first movies where I was. Wa- I 
normally don't like watching movies on a plane because I'm just watching on a little screen. Yeah. But I was watching on a plane and I was enamored with it then. And then I would just take a break and I'd be like, I'm still thinking about that movie. And then I'd watch a little bit more and then I'd watch the end. And I love the whole thing. I don't watch a ton of Bollywood or any Bollywood or Tollywood. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was just a very fun, like really cool experience of um, action, a little bit of history. I, I read that they were kind of, that director was taking a little bit of like Inglorious Bastards approach to yeah. this where it's twisting history a little yep, bit. Yep. I like that. Yep. Friendship between the two guys, the bromance the between these two guys. Yeah. Yep. Um, then just telling the story in song. Like I don't, I don't watch that a lot. So that was a unique thing. I thought it was just a, a really, really fun experience. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I watched this movie and I was kind of blown away. I was like, I fucking loved it. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, just over the top action, the cinematography, the performances, it has all the ingredients. I grew up watching Bollywood movies with Amita Bachchan in the eighties when I was little, because my parents watched them and all the movies were the same. They had, there was always a hero figure. There was always a fight scene, uh, a hand to hand combat scene. There was always a dance, a number. There was always a romantic interest. There never any sex or even any kissing but always a love story and the hero wins at the end and they all dance. And he cleverly, he takes all the ingredients and weaves them into the story to where it's organic. It makes sense when kind of one of the dance numbers, the other one is kind of crazy when he starts singing. Uh, But also in the action, it's clearly an homage to eighties and nineties action movies to the, like the machismo to the John Woo type tracking shots of weapons that you could tell this guy's watched and loved all the stuff. Uh, and, uh, and I love that it's in the tournament cause we've done, uh, Thai, Thai action. Uh, we did, uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Phil- was it Filipino? No, oh, Indonesia, Indonesia, Thailand. And now we got, uh, India showing up in the tournament in this international tournament. And it's just a fucking wild epic movie rugs. What's your take on this? This movie is uh, a conundrum to me. It's one of those things. Like usually, we live in a black and white world, people. Yeah. Do we? And okay. Somebody's like, "This is good. This is bad. This is silly. This is not silly." This is where like th- things are are true at the same time. Like it it is cheesy, but it is good. It is entertaining, but it is silly. It is improbable, but engaging. Like all these things are true at the same time. It's very contradictions a, are existing. Yeah, yes, I it's can like see that. Yeah, like the movie is like nonstop coincidences yeah, that like yeah. drive the entire plot. Yeah. Like literally, like the guy, he, like he meets him while saving this kid. Oh like, my god, the meeting the guy that he's looking for, <laughs> and then he ends up going to the la- the girl that he's attracted to, which just so happens to live in the place where the where the girl that he's looking for is in. Of course. Like, yeah, just uh, just nonstop coincidences. Like, throughout this film, it's, like, written really, like, yeah, they're just writing it to happen, and it's very evident, but you're still enjoying it and still fun to watch. I think there's an earnestness yeah, to how yeah. they're making the movie, and there is a lot of culture and there's a lot of extras. There's a lot of people. Oh, thousands, not all. That was a huge cast of extras. Yeah. So they're doing like they're taking big swings with different aspects of the filmmaking. And so even though like my uh, film critic brain is like, no, what? No, but I'm still enjoying myself. Like there is just a brazenness to like. That whole like chicken fight scene. Yeah, we'll get to that. Where, That's great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just brazenness to a lot of things. 
Uh, some of the CGI is not great. Yeah. Uh, but I think overall, fun is is on the table. Fun mm-hmm. and entertainment is paramount in this movie. It's entertaining and fun. I think it could lose maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It's long. And still be just as good. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's very fun, entertaining, and uh, well done in in many kinds of ways. I mean, it's really well shot and well made. It holds up with any you know Hollywood movie action, but big budget release. It's charming. You really lo- get to know and love these two guys. It's got yeah. heart. It's got humor, and then just fucking over the top, crazy balls to the wall action scenes. Uh, I it's like I feel like it's like Fast and the Furious with singing in it. Yeah, with yeah, with the singing and dancing. With the singing, yeah. I mean, the, right away when you have the scene where the girl gets captured and yeah. yep, girl get lady get mom gets hit with a yep. fucking stick. And you're yep. like, oh shit, this is violent. Yeah. And then the prison scene where you meet Rama oh, and he what a badass. <laughs> I mean, I was watch. I threw that scene on with some of my relatives when I was visiting Seattle, and they were like. This is so improbable, but it's so great. But they were like enamored with it. They were they were going, but we have to keep watching. I mean that that scene is amazing. Like that scene is so it's it's so there's fun. like a thousand people, it's, dude. Yeah. Huge <laughs> cast, right? And like the 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 uh, intros to both of the characters are fucking epic and badass. But Rama, this motherfucker, what a badass! You watch him fight his way through thousands of rioters to arrest a guy and bring him back. And you know what? This could have been gotten very messy very quickly to shoot this. There's literally hundreds, thousands of people. You can follow everything that happens, even in the wide mm-hmm. shots. You see Rama in the crowd. Yeah. You see people. And then, like, it's cartoony but effective where people start flying out and bloods. There's a lot of blood. And he, what a fucking badass. And he goes back and just stands back at attention. I, I feel like he's definitely up in the contention for best mustache. Oh, absolutely. With Wilford Brimley and Borat. That's a like strong mustache. Really, yeah. yeah, very, right. very strong in the mustache category. I love that scene when, and in that scene when they they come underneath him and everyone's piling on yep. him and you can see him working yep. his way out of the pile. And yeah. He's like twisting some guy's hand and then like pitting someone in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's, I mean, it's, it, it reminded me of like the, the scenes in the raid, like some of the big brawling battle oh, yeah. scenes where there's a bunch of people, but the way, the fact that I could follow all of it and it did not get a mess. And these shots, these wide angle shots are amazing. Um, and then you follow that up with beams introduction, right? This is the cop from the city. And then you have beam, from the forest, the tribe where they stole the girl, and this whole wolf, tiger, chase, trap scene is fucking, of course, completely impossible. This dude is jacked and strong enough to hold back a fucking tiger in a net, uh, but it also respects the tiger. All of the animals, they tell you right in the beginning, no, no real animals were used. They're all CGI. Some are better than others. I thought that the CG on this tiger, wolf, this scene is fantastic because there's only one tiger where later there's like a bunch of animals and it gets a little shaky. It's better here than it is there. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say it was fantastic, but I think the movie is kind of shot in a way that's almost this hyper reality. Yeah. It's almost like yeah. 300 type yeah. shot yeah. Yeah. the way they shot it. So I'm willing to like go with it because the movie's kind of an exaggerated reality, right? Sure. Like you know, right off the bat in that prison scene, um, you know, with him jumping, like he just jumps so far. Yeah, it's almost su- like superhuman, like wire work or something. Right. Yeah. And even the the scene before that, when the lady gets hit with the branch, yeah. they do it in like a slow-mo way where it's like, like there's a style to it that we, I, I makes me go, okay, 
I know these are CGI tigers and wolves, but it's it kind of fits this. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it fits what they're doing. I mean, here. this guy's <laughs> this guy's style is great. Like, I really like his use of slow mo. Uh, I'm unlike uh, Zack Snyder. I don't. It's maybe it's a little overdone, but I, I thought he used it effectively. And I liked it. They're like they're just the water parts in slow mo. It's used well and not overused too much. Uh, okay. I, lo- I love them running towards each other un- underneath the okay, water. Okay, let's get to that scene. So then they establish <laughs> the two characters, and then we have the scene where they meet. And this is just a wild, crazy coincidence where Beam is at the bank of a river, and there's a train under a bridge, and it explodes, and there's a kid in the water, and Raju's up on the bridge, and wordlessly... With just hand signals. With hand <laughs> motions, they look at each other and come up with a plan. They'd never met each other. They didn't even talk to each other. And the plan is to, I will grab a motorcycle, you jump on that horse and grab this rope, and then we're just going to come to the middle of the bridge and careen off the sides and jump off. And and he grabs a flag, and you're like, what the fuck is the flag for? And then you (laughs) see him swing down and wet the flag, and then Beam grabs the kid, and they at the same time, Beam throws him the kid. As he throws him the flag, he wraps the wet flag around him to go through the fire. That's what the flag was for. All of this was thought in a matter of seconds. Yeah, and, then and they, they were able so to communicate that with each and other. They, it was amazing. And then they meet and they hold hands in the middle. And then they drop down and they are running underwater for an embrace, for a bro hug. Yeah. Uh, running on the ground of the river <laughs> underwater for some reason. It's amazing. It's amazing. I was yeah the whole time watching that scene I'm like what the fuck what are you happening? serious no they're not oh it's my so god they great. are doing this like that's my whole thought process through that's this whole movie but like yeah that was the first like the beginning okay I get like you, you're doing this exaggerated shit but this was just on another level of just like okay <laughs> we're gonna put swallow this okay man <laughs> yeah you 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 ate that one yes now can yeah, you take this take one this down one. yeah. And if and you could take this one down, then you can take down. You're gonna. You probably are gonna be able to take down the rest of the movie. Yeah, there was. There's a lot of like. This is wow. it, and this is in the first like 40 minutes. You get these three scenes, and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, all right. And then what do we get? A wonderful 80s fucking f- becoming friends montage. With, yeah, I expected the Mento song to come. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> they're doing. They're riding horses and bikes. They're doing pull up contests. I mean, this is the oh, modern day so great. Uh, Rocky Three. Yes, Sylvester Stallone so and Apollo good. Creed. Um, yeah, Carl Weathers running on the beach and embracing in the water. I mean, you even see them foreshadow. At one point, Raju is on Beam's shoulder and he's doing squats, and they foreshadow the whole <laughs> fucking uh, thing at the end. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Raju. Well, the songs also tell the story, yes, right? They're yeah. telling you about yeah. how this guy meets this guy yeah. and that how at some point that, that's going to come to a head. So they're telling you through song what it is. Yeah, the songs, the words uh, in, in the whole movie are reflecting what's going on and foreshadowing. The songs it. are almost the exposition. Yeah, it's, and points. it's good. And the music's really good. Um, speaking of the music, right? Raju plays wingman and gets uh, a beam uh, to talk to the British lady. <laughs> Yeah, he like throws nails on the floor. It's crazy. And, like, He's like, I'm just gonna fuck up her car. I'm gonna ruin her car. So it's 1920. Who cares? I, I I did laugh at that scene when he's shaking his head no, and then <laughs> yes, going, like, yes, that scene only up. works, by the way, if you don't have it dubbed in English. Because if you have it dubbed in English, then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, can you watch you this dubbed her. in English? I don't even know. It is. Oh, there what? is an English yeah. version oh. on Netflix. Oh, but I, I threw it on in Hindi because yeah. it makes it. Um, even though they're not speaking Hindi, right. The, the the fact that you're, you're alternating between the two languages makes it a little easier. I think the actors dub themselves follow. over in Hindi also. So it, oh, it, interesting. It, yeah, because there's so many dialects in India. And uh, Hindi was great because I understood a lot of it. It's very similar to Urdu, like almost exactly. 
to the Urdu Pakistani language. So yeah, you need to, to watch it in Hindi. It's great because there are uh, you know British characters who speak English. Uh, and then we get to the dancing. I did love that joke where he thought her name was Don't Call Me Ma'am Sab, it's just Jenny. And he's laughing at him. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what a like long name. Too. It's really funny. Like that beam is just like adorable, right? He's fun and Raju's a badass. This fucking Natu Natu dance scene, dance off, uh, is great because you get the big Bollywood dance number, but it's part of kind of part of the narrative and the dancing is great and it's really fun. And the whole time I'm like, fuck these British people. Like they set up the British are evil so quickly. Ray Stevenson is in there. Uh, oh, that's the other cast member. I couldn't I put my finger you know. on on it for a while who yeah. that was. Ray, and then the late, I had to look passed. it up. Was, yeah. well, Ray Stevenson. I forgot Holy to mention shit. that. Yeah, Ray Stevenson as the bad British colonizer. R.I.P. Just, yeah, he's great in this movie. Can't wait to see him in Ahsoka. Uh, any comments on that dance number? Was it? Did it take you out of it? Did it feel organic? It was entertaining. So regardless if it felt like it was jarred in, like jammed in yeah. there. I mean, it is a Bollywood movie. Yeah. This is what you get. Right. And it was entertaining to watch. So at least... If you're gonna do a dance number, at least be entertaining. So I, I I like that they wove it in cleverly. Also, as someone that doesn't watch these types of movies and but has been watching a ton of action movies, yeah, great change of pace you're for right? me personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just going okay. Now we're just doing a dance. Here's this some is, fun. Yes, this is not something. I'm never going to see Stallone do this. Right. Imagine like any of those dudes. <laughs> you see Jason Statham doing a dance number. No. Uh, they, but again, like the raid, right? These, this is how think about how talented these fuckers are. A lot of the stunt work is done by them. They're doing the fighting, the stunt work. Not only that, they got to know dance moves. They, I think the singing is dubbed, but they got to know choreography. And so the, I always thought Bollywood actors, they have a range of skills. Like they all got to know it, come in knowing how to dance and fight and act so it has that same yes. it has that same kind of thing where like it's believable that these guys are i mean it's them doing it with some cgi help um anyways there's a whole thing with uh raju torturing this dude and gets a snake thrown on him and gets poisoned and a bunch of things and but the the, the friendship between him and beam is great here uh because either one doesn't they don't know what each other's really doing that's when they find out is when he's treating him for the snake. Bite. Oh, that's right. Because then while he's out, Beam's like, I'm ready to attack this compound. I got a whole plan. I got animals. Uh, we're going to do it. And they fucking they do it. I mean, and Beam just saved Raju also. So he owes him his life a little bit. But this fucking scene at the party uh, when Beam fucking goes crashing in and the thing turns and he's leaping with two torches and all these fucking animals coming out. It's fantastic because not only does he have to fight the British, he's got to fight the fucking animals. They don't know who to fight. He's said some of them are attacking him. He's just grabbing them and throwing them at people. It's fucking great. What did you think about? Yeah, he, throw, he throws <laughs> fucking a leopard at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, again, just uh, they just keep ratcheting it up. Every every action scene, they're like, okay, like Rug said, you can you took this down. Now, can you take him throwing animals at people? <laughs> Giant tigers. But, like, why does he even need the torches? Does he, does he it, light something on fire? Because it looks well, he, badass. Well, he, he uses, no, he uses the torches to instigate the animals to fight people. Oh, that's the animals right. Because the animals try to attack it. him, and so he, he waved, waved it the torches that's around. Right. Yeah. And then fucking Raju rides in on a horse and carriage that is on fire. And then he is the fire. He is the fire. Beam is the water. I mean that when he he jumps off it and the thing goes flipping and a wheel 
hits Beam in the chest, and now they and he's trying to arrest him. And Beam is like, "Bro, you really doing this? Are you fucking serious?" He's like, "I gotta arrest you." And they have a big knockdown, drag out fight. They have a good fight with a uh, water hose and some fire elements. Fire versus water. Oh, that's a cool scene too. Yeah, when he yeah. when uh, Raj is holding the like the fire sticks yeah. and beam is holding the water hose yeah, and the, using yeah. it against each other and the, all the hoses behind him are going all and there's at this point there's fireworks going off in the background also so there's fireworks shooting everywhere these two fuckers are going at it and it is some fucking superhuman shit jumping spinning twisting in the air it's so great uh and just as beam is about to save molly jump off the balcony there uh he gets caught by roger's whip and this is just like half of the movie I'm like, holy know, shit, this is, this is halfway. halfway. What through. the fuck? Uh, Beam is captured and shocked at his buddy. Uh, the betrayal is 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 great, and you can feel yeah, this it. The, this is where they break for the backstory? Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is where they break where now you find out. Because this whole point in the movie, as a viewer, you're going, man, Raj or Rama is just a piece of shit. He's betrayed his people. And then you, you've realized that he's actually in a deep, deep cover. Holy mission. shit. And I, the whole time I was, that was my question before we got to this point. I'm like, why is he working for the British? Why is he on the colonizer side? And you get this amazing flashback scene where his father is training his whole village to fight the British. Uh, and they attack and the fucking Brit- well, they, 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 he, the father's doing that because he experiences a situation similar to what oh uh, yeah beams village where the they were like you don't even need to waste a bullet on these fucking yes the whole people. speech about do you know the price of a bullet to the british empire right. don't waste it on these brown buggers right. beat them down and so yeah that comes into play as they they are attacked and you watch beam and beam or raju is an amazing shot he can take a shot from fucking a thousand yards away deadly accurate because of its dad anyway his whole family is fucking killed by the british essentially his mom well, he's got to kill his, his dad brother yes and then his dad who is dying becomes a human bomb he straps a fucking dynamo on him and he's like lord aim shoot and becomes i was like holy shit so his dad he made his dad made him promise no matter what you do you're gonna go you're gonna get weapons for everybody here so he can fight these fuckers back and this was the long con Roger's playing to infiltrate, go higher in the rank, get a promotion, and uh, steal some. Yeah, basically, and send them back. they knew that uh, Beam was coming in to save this girl that they took, and so they said, "If you could catch this guy, we'll give you a promotion." Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was his impetus to try and hunt this guy. Now he didn't know that it was going to be his best friend. He had no but idea. He's betraying that. his friend for a greater cause, right? For a, like, right. it's a very nationalistic view. Uh, which is which is fantastic. So, what is Beam's punishment? He has to be publicly flogged uh, to present an example. Who's got to flog him? Fucking Raju. Ram has to flog his buddy. And it, this is a very graphic, disturbing scene. At one point, uh, the lady throws him a whip with spikes on it. And uh, how does yeah, they they do the best they do the best they can to make the British just holy awful shit people. It's a very like Jesus Christ yeah, very biblical, very biblical mm-hmm. being flogged by the Romans, 39 lashes. And what's Beam's reaction? Not only does he refuse to kneel, he starts singing a song about being flogged. Of course, that's what, what anybody <laughs> would do uh, and just smile and like shake it off. And oh, it's a very there's a lot of blood. It's a great scene. And all the people start to now yes. uh, who watch this start to get uh, inspired. This is great. Yes, they riot. 
because of his defiance. And Rod, Rom realizes I'm an ass. He's like, I'm trying to get guns to help my people. This guy just uh, with his voice. He, he rallied everyone with, with a his, song. With his emotion, he rallied everyone the same effect with his song. Uh, so then there's an alternate plan that now Roger's going to try to help beam. They're going to hang him out in the countryside. He had it changed so he could set up a whole thing. And here's where you get the great scene of the car that Ray Stevenson is driving in, get hit by a tree and flip and Ray Stevenson flying into the air, catching a rifle and getting off a perfectly <laughs> aimed shot in the middle of the air while suspended as he goes flying for this. It's so great. I was like, this is a badass Ray Stevenson moment. Yeah. Definitely cool, memorable. <laughs> it was memorable, wasn't it? Like oh, it, was, it was good. It was cool. It was good. I, mean, I wouldn't say it's the best scene, but yeah, it was a good scene. I mean, you're also getting into now uh, Rama Raj, um, getting Molly out for them, and like yeah. then you have another. It, it culminates in another fight scene where you just want them to talk to one another, but beam has no idea that raj is even trying to get him out and stabs him with the claws and stuff yeah oh that was crazy because it looked like he was gonna shoot molly right and he was really shooting right. the guy behind him and he takes him out and now uh raj is captured and he's hanging in fucking cuffs and throws a long <laughs> yeah, ass beard so, and yeah and i love that when he gets captured yeah. he's just still always doing pull-ups oh my god him. it's so it's such a great trope he's like yeah. at, at some point you're gonna get out you want to at least have your muscles they throw him in solitary he's still doing fucking pull-ups He's got to be in shape, but he is in bad shape. And at this point, the coincidence happens where Bean runs into his fiance and she another coincidence. She tells him the whole story that what what really happened, what Rama's real plan is. And and then he's like, oh, shit, I got to save him. So now Bean has to save Rama and he crawls around pounding on the ground looking for the cell, which is kind of hilarious. The guy pounds back and then he proceeds to pull metal gates of a solitary cell just out of the floor <laughs> with his bare fucking Not, hands. While screaming at the top of yes, his lungs nobody and none of the guards yes, come out. The spotlight doesn't catch him. Nobody notices this. But he just rips this fucking gate out of the ground. How strong. And then then you get probably one of the most favorite fights is. This is my favorite scene oh, yeah, in the whole is, movie. This is a scene that you hyped up right after you saw the movie. Because Raju's right. legs don't work. Rom's legs have been hurt. And so Beam carries yeah, him. They, they, they fucked him up. They, he needs Beam to put leaves on them so they're fine. Oh, yeah. He has a special forest <laughs> cure. There's, well, yeah. Just, yeah, a special that forest later. cure. Exactly. So to yeah. help him escape from the prison, Rom is riding on Beam's shoulders. And now some of the most outlandish fucking physics that don't work shit happens. And it's fucking yeah, amazing. He becomes like a giant monster, like out of Mortal Kombat or something. I mean, like, he, yes. I mean, that, that would be the absolute worst plan, right? Is to put yes. someone on your shoulders to escape a prison. Down. Like you're going to get shot yes. so easily. Nope. But instead, they're running around. They're throwing torches at one another. One's like punching while the other one's torching. They're doing like monkey bar shit where they're like jumping and doing gymnastics. And the, like, like don't swinging fall onto, over with yeah. the momentum. It just stops. I mean, at one point, at one point they both climb a, <laughs> yes. a, like the watchtower and no one sees them climbing it together. Uh, and it, well, he climbs it while he's on him. Rom has two rifles at one point and he's leaning back and shooting two at once while Beam has oh, two yeah. guys in his hands. He's Beam is like throwing people through brick walls while the guy's on his yeah. shoulder. It's so, amazing. The way I, I, I'll say this, like a lot of the stuff that I in the movie, I've seen similar things. Yeah. This is the thing that stands out as a unique thing in this movie. Now, there might be some kung fu movie uh, from like the 80s that has something like this, too, where like there's a guy who has no legs and they they uh, they help each other okay. out. 
There is a movie that they do it something like then, where there's like a, literally a guy with no legs and a guy with no arms, and they <laughs> I don't know they fucking team up together. But yeah, this is this is so unique. It's so and different. it's and it's great because he's got two guys in each end, and he's mowing down yeah. the other people with <laughs> them. And I'm like, how do they do this? Like, it's crazy. And they're flipping like, around. How do they like? How do they think of yeah the things that they have them do? And where it it is crazy. It's implausible, yet you your eyes just accept it. You're like, this is the movie now. This is no, what I'm it having is. A whole, I was having a conflict the whole time. I'm like, this is so stupid, but why do I like it? Because yeah. looks in the in the vein of uh, contrived action scenes, this is a fucking work of art right here. Like this. Oh is yeah, I mean, this is this best. scene. The best scene up until this point was for me was the introduction to Rama yeah. Raj or yeah. whatever the fuck his name is, yeah. where he takes on a million prisoners at once. And that could have been like the iconic scene, yeah. but instead they they find a way where they're going. Yeah, no, there there's a better scene. We've got we've got a scene that will people will talk about in terms of the action annals for the rest of the time. Like this was the scene where I laughed audibly. I jumped out of my seat. I was like, I can't wait to talk to somebody about how <laughs> crazy this fucking scene is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very memorable. And. Um, yeah, it's just I, I I'm talking about it, I want to watch it again when I want because it's just so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it really, going back and just watching the action scenes in this movie is so enjoyable. Uh, and that takes us to the last final scene where they they've escaped to the woods and the British Ray Stevenson has sent everybody out to get them. He's healed them up, and just fucking Rama is this badass Indian bow and arrow fucking superhero in his red uh, red cloth. That his intro like silhouetted with fire behind him, and he's just fucking killing motherfuckers with well, bow they and get arrow. The, they get the arrows from the statue. Oh yes, and the Th- bow. Those are actually the- like these are actually real people in in, in Indian history. Well, these they two people, them. yes, were based on real uh, revolutionary people, but yeah, they, Beam is a real person. But they never yeah. met. They did things separately. So he's imagining right. what would have happened, just like in Inglorious Bastards, where Tarantino imagines what if Hitler just got killed. He's imagining a, a meeting between these two freedom fighters that actually live. What did did Rama go undercover? Or is that that the story? Uh, with him or? I, I, I guess that. Uh, so it's so here's a quote from SS Rajamuli. He says, I was interested in the coincidence of these two freedom fighters, both born in Andhra Pradesh and present day Telangana at the turn of the 20th century. They left their respective homes, disappeared for three to four years and then came back to fight against the oppressors. But their modus operandi was the same. They were striking police stations, taking away the guns, arming the people, inspiring the people. Unfortunately, they both died at the hands of the British in the same way, but they never met. I thought, what if we make them meet, create a rift between them, and then make each one inspire the other? So it's kind of a fun way to play with history and make a fucking badass action movie. Uh, Yeah, so what? Then you got fucking beam catching motorcycles and throwing them at people. He's right. carrying that motorcycle over his head, and at one point he he has it by in like one arm over his head. Yeah, it's just and he swings it around, takes out a bunch of people. I also like when uh, there's parts of this where Beam is like kicking or punching people, and they're flying in the air. And yes. as they're flying in the air, Raju is arrowing them through the chest. Yes, it, it, it reminded me of it reminded me of Van Damme in um fucking hard target. 
our target where you're where he's bulleting people and then roundhouse kicking them in the face. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Overkilling these people. Yes, they do that all the time and their tandem fucking moves is fucking fantastic. I mean, you got so him good. shooting fire, shooting arrows through the fire. No, there's a there's the scene. Putting grenades on the arrows. Yes, the grenade arrows are badass. Just fucking blowing shit up. There's so much awesome contrived action happens in this third act. That each one you're like, holy shit, I can't believe he just did that. I think he grabs a guy and he throws him, or Beam grabs a guy, throws him against a branch that's on fire. The branch breaks off. Rama catches the branch and takes a swing at a guy on a motorcycle, all in like one fucking fluid motion. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And I I was thought a lot about John Woo in this with the tracking shots of the arrows uh, and the way. Yeah, there are a lot, lot, a lot of shots of arrows flying through people. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And there, these guys are, uh, victorious and he ends up going back to his village. They rewrite, with the history. Weapons. They rewrite history. Uh, yeah. Raju Ram returns with weapons. Beam goes back, uh, and helps them out. And then there's a big dance number at the end where they sing about everything they did again. Big dance m- number and the British girl. Oh, she's there. Um, she's there singing in Hindi or yep. Telugu. Yep. And now she's just in love with Beam. Yes, they're a couple, and uh, Ram's got his uh, fiance, who cleverly helped them by telling the cops everyone has smallpox. I thought that was a great moment, also. Very smart. Yeah, I mean, in summary, for me, this is just, it was just such a fun experience. Like uh, the entire movie, even in the, the parts where it gets a little more dramatic and a little more brutal, I, I, I was just grinning ear to ear. Like this movie, um, Actually, I wasn't grinning. Like that, that'd be kind of a weird way to watch it. Just be grinning. (laughs) But I was very happy the entire time. Um, And I think a lot of it has. There's. It's just an amalgamation of things. But I think at the heart of it is I I really enjoyed these two guys' friendship. Yeah, I enjoyed their bond, and I enjoyed the coincidences that lead to things, and then the things that are motivating them, and how like they're intertwining with each other. I just thought it was a really, the, really, really fun experience. The character arcs are great. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, me neither. I was blown away. I just thought it was epic and just fucking ambitious. Uh, and he took a big swing and he nails it. Uh, and the character work is great. These two guys are jacked. When I mean, when he's holding the tiger back, every fucking vein is popping. Put these guys in a superhero costume. They'd be great. <laughs> Both of them have amazing <laughs> physiques. They're just like badasses. Uh, and we need it, to get you on that level, Imran. Oh, whoa, oh man! If I could have a body like Beam, <laughs> body by Beam, he should start a whole program. Uh, but and I think this is the first time these guys have worked together in a movie, and they've done other movies, obviously. But yeah, no, I fucking love this movie. Let's just rate it. What are you going to give it, Anthony? So I'm doing this based off of what I put on Letterboxd. Okay. Um, I will say that this movie has is not a perfect movie. See, there's CGI issues. Um. There's a lot of contrivance, contrivances, contrivances, whatever, things that happen that just are written to happen. That being said, I had a, just a blast watching the movie. And I I watched it in pieces. Like yeah. I didn't even sit through yeah. the whole thing. I watched it in pieces, and I still thought it was an awesome yeah. experience. Um, two quarters of the movie I watched on a freaking phone, which is a horrible <laughs> viewing experience. Wow. Um, yeah. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, like, I liked it so much that I showed my family who are all in their like 60s yeah this movie they'd hate watching foreign film yeah. they were watching and they were like oh we got to keep watching this yeah, yeah. Like they were into it yeah so all that being said you throw in the the 
great fight scenes. I mean, this is clearly a great action movie. This is me totally speaking out of my heart and having just seen the movie. There might be some recency bias, but 10 out of 10. Oh, oh. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I love everything you just said. I, I fucking loved it. I have no problem. I'll give I this. A, you give it a 10. I was going to give it 9.5. I got no problem giving it a 9.5. It definitely deserves to be in the tournament. It is. I've never <laughs> seen anything like this before. Absolutely. And I love the homage to the action movies and the passion and the ambition he put into this. It's fucking, it's fucking great. It's an epic fucking ride. Rugs, what do you give it? It's a nine for me. Uh, yeah. I was conflicted the whole time watching this film because there it, it does do the thing that you really want, which is entertainment. It's mm-hmm. an entertaining film first. You have fun watching it. Uh, when you sit back and you think about all these contrivances and whether it, there's a better movie in there somewhere or if the time was used properly and the pacing was was properly used, then you can start making arguments to take it down But from being a perfect film. But if you haven't seen it and you got three hours to kill, do it. You got to check it out. It's so much fun. And uh, just for the fucking chicken fight scene alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that will fucking rock your socks. Instant classic. And you can watch it in chunks just like you did, Anthony. Like, it's yeah, I feel enjoyable. like if you watch it in chunks, you might not feel the the length as yeah. much. Definitely did not. Yeah. So and there's like chapter breaks and that stuff, helped. right? That so helped. you can stop at one of the, like the chapter breaks. Like they don't bring up the title card for like until like an hour in or something. <laughs> It'll be like, oh, now the movie has started. Yeah, I watched it all in one sitting. Yeah. I had like exactly three hours okay. and something to kill, yeah. and I'm like, okay, let's go. And so, uh, yeah, I watched it all in one sitting. Not to, not to, not to, not to. I mean, these Bollywood movies have come a long way. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm going to say. And it does make me want to check out some of these other action movies that have been coming out of India. Like Brahmastra? That one. There's Patan. There's another. I think it's going to be a franchise. Uh, But fuck, man. He made a great film. Maybe I might even watch Roger Willie's other movies. Uh, But this was huge. Like, the world was talking about this. So I think this is a big big get for you. It it caught on. It caught fire. Yeah, Yeah. Well, you know what? The story... This was a great story because it's about oppression and heroes rising and then friendship. There's a lot involved here. Mm -hmm. And maybe they could have done something more with the love story because it was kind of like there but wasn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, other than that, but it had a lot going for it. A lot lot of things that you could latch on to. I think the the love story was fine. Like, they didn't need to do... It was just enough, right? And it's like just there's always an element of that in there in uh, in a Bollywood movie. So, well, the love story really is those two guys, like yes. their love as, yes. as far as their friendship. Yes, or whatever. and like two guys just showing how much they care and love for each other unabashedly. Brotherhood. Right. There's like machismo, yeah, exactly. like they got the machismo of your '80s Stallone and Schwarzenegger going on. Uh, it's great. It's great. All right, let's do some news from the nation. <laughs> It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Open a window. Uh, So I'm going to start with uh, some Jess Rivera comments. I've already mentioned I took him to see The Flash. We had a big date. Here's what he thought of the Flash spoiler free. He says, definitely a fun watch and we'll need to see it again. Kind of hoping it's got improved CGI and final cut. That weird popping noise in the opening makes me think this wasn't the final version. 
There was some weird audio in the beginning. There was like a weird, I think something was wrong with the audio system in the theater because then it stopped. And I was like, at first I was like, is this going to be like this the whole movie where it was crackling at certain frequencies? It was very distracting. But the question is, and he there's a little uh, discussion he's having with his buddy in our Facebook group. Is was that the final cut, or will something change when it is actually released? This is the big question I have. We will find out this week. Uh, Just Rivera also posted another thing. Remember we talked about how Barbie and Oppenheimer is coming out on the same weekend. So he wanted to know Barbie versus Oppenheimer. We will be watching both. If so, which one will be up first? We have some answers from our group members. Blake Braden says. Oppenheimer, then Barbie, back to back. I don't want to end on the depressing movie that will be Oppenheimer. Okay, so then that's not that's not a bad plan. Scott Swangorum uh, from Mostly Superheroes podcast says, with three daughters, I'm sure Barbie will be up first. Oppenheimer is probably going to be great, but I'm not sure it's a must see in theaters for me. Jose Ibarra says, going to watch Barbie with a group of friends. A lot of people are going to see this movie. Seems like it'll be the better theater experience of the two. I'll wait to catch Oppenheimer when it's streaming. And Ron Hahn says, taking my niece to Barbie, but then going to Oppenheimer. It's going to be interesting to see the opening weekend box office. Keep in mind, Oppenheimer is apparently re- uh, Chris Nolan's longest movie he's ever made. So How it's long easily going to be like three hours, I think, because his longest movie was long- like. Oh, Jesus. Well, his longest movie is 249. And this is he's saying it's the longest movie he's ever made. So that's going to cut into a bunch. Well, you're going to pose the question to us. Yes. Barbie versus Oppenheimer. Will you be watching both? If so, which one will be up first? Anthony. I don't think I'll see either in the theater unless you force me to. Okay. But if I had to choose, I think I'd watch Barbie first. Oh, my God. Okay. Barbie wins. And the reason for that is I think Barbie is just going to be a really interesting experience. Yeah. Like there's more variables there. Oppenheimer kind of know what you're going to get yeah you're going to get a good nolan film yeah it's going to be long yeah. they're going to be you know how it ends yeah yeah you know how to, we know how it ends with a spinning and, top and, yeah yeah with a spinning top <laughs> and nolan oh, films some some movies are more rewatchable than others i don't know if oppenheimer is going to be the one that you go yeah i need to see that one again i mean this could be could be his another oscar nomination for him do you think that people are going to watch this in the theater Wait, which one oppenheimer, Opp- oppenheimer. What, what, what's your answer to the question well, I'm not going to see either of them, okay. but if I had to pick yeah, one yeah, to watch yeah, first, yeah. it would probably be Barbie, just because I'm curious to see what the fuck it is. Yeah. But I know Oppenheimer is clearly going to be the better movie. See, I've changed my mind. I was thinking Oppenheimer first, but you guys both, it's you're right. Like, I'm so intrigued and curious. Like, my curiosity would be like, I need to see what the fuck. I think the, the people going to see Barbie is going to be a wide range of audience people in there when do you think we're going to start getting the first reactions to this movie whether if it's good or Which bad one? barbie like we know oppenheimer's <laughs> going to be decent so soon i think they're both coming out later this month um yeah, if, they're, if they're confident we'll probably start seeing reactions two weeks out yeah yeah i can't wait to see what these first reactions are uh oh no wait a minute oh wait a minute that's wrong. oh yes sorry july they're both coming out july 21st not june well, okay. so I'm a, a little over a month, month and a half. Uh, but uh, Oppenheimer is, well, yeah, like you said, you know how it ends, and it's long. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what makes. I think this again. I think this Barbie is going to be huge. Okay, let's finish up with some. What are we watching, Anthony? You had a lot going on. Did you watch anything else? No, unfortunately, I did not. I need. I I will say, are we are doing our tournament in on we're recording in it on weeks? June 26th. Yes. I wrote down how many movies I have to watch in the next two weeks. 
I have 10 movies oh, I shit. still need to watch in 14 days. So I, got, I got a bunch. We're, we're going right up to the finish line on this one. Yeah, I got a bunch also. I, I, Even I, though I don't have a vote in the tournament, but I, I want to watch all of them. They, yeah, you need to be. They all need to be watched. And uh, I got a bunch to the left. I did one this week. We'll talk about it in a second. Rugs, what about you? What did you watch? I watched rewatched the transport. Oh, there you go, Jason Statham. That's on the list. Oh, getting getting all oiled up, fighting people. <sighs> it's 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 a brisk ninety eight minutes, and it's that's all you need. You just uh, <laughs> watch Jason Statham break his own rules and then fuck himself and then uh have to beat up everybody to uh my favorite my favorite part of that movie is when they blow up his car and he shows yeah. up to the house and just kicks everybody's ass and it takes a car <laughs> and leaves and i just thought that i think that's hilarious he's like ah oh, he just he's like all right i got a car again i need a car i thought, I thought that was great i love the girl just being like yep i just want to bang you now like in, in the middle of all of this and then him getting oiled, him having the oil on him and fighting people in the garage, I thought was really fun too. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. the ending, kind of him on the plane and jumping on the fucking back of the. It, it's not the best ending, but like I think that the movie's got a lot going for it, and it was fun and it was charming, mm-hmm. and I like the French policeman and everything. I like the whole thing. All right, so it's still, I like, I like, still kind of holds up. Okay. Well. Uh, but what about you, Imran? Did you watch anything? Well, here's what's besides the Flash. Here's what's happening. I watched the Flash. We will review that next week. Um, yes. I tomorrow night. I'm actually recording uh, an episode of Two Peas on a podcast with our boy Gerald Morris. The topic is top five Denzel Washington movies. We're going to do a top oh. five list. So uh, in research, and there's one on our list. I watched a bunch of Denzel Washington movies. In the last few days, here's what I watched. First, I started with the. Look, you're you're doing homework for another. You're abandoning us. Again. No, but what it also you? ties in to our thing. And when I go on his show, you can be damn sure I'm going to plug the fucking tournament uh, because it all ties in. So it's just crest promotion. Goddamn trainer. I, I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> the, here, this Denzel movie is on our list. It is the Equalizer from 2014. Uh, so I watched that first. It replaced another movie. Uh, this movie. Is uh, it's a lot of fun. He's pretty fucking badass in this Denzel as a guy watch that. who uh, he works at a Home Depot uh, and just is very like meticulous about his surroundings. Just wants to be left alone and gets caught up in a whole thing with a girl who's being trafficked by Russian gangsters, uh, and then he just has to systematically murder them. Uh, and it's it's pretty. He's fucking badass. And like the funniest thing is. Like the the final scene is in a, a Home Depot type store and they think they have him when really you don't want to be trapped in a Home Depot with this fucking guy because there are just materials around to make. He just becomes Macaulay Culkin. Yes, deadly <laughs> weapons and traps all around him that he knows how to use very well. It's fucking fun to watch. Uh, I but to watch that one. It's it's good. And the, like there's a third one coming out. I kind of want to watch the second one. The ending is a little implausible. It's a little bit of a reach, but it does kind of put a nice button on the whole thing. Uh, and he kind of starts his business. This is based, of course, on the TV show uh, in the 80s. The Equalizer was played by old white man, Edward Woodward. Right. And he had a classified ad in the paper that simply said, are you in a tight spot? You need some help. Call me. I can help. And people would call him and he'd have to go fucking fuck shit up. Uh, in this one, at the end, he uh, has it's a Craigslist ad, so they kept that same thing. 
And now he has a credit list ad where you can ask for help and he's going to come fuck shit up for you. Then I watched the movie that this movie replaced, which is Tony Scott's Man on Fire. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that movie also great Denzel performance. Uh, You know, he plays a drunk, uh, which he does in a lot of movies. There's like a running theme in a lot of his movies. Uh, but yeah, and we took it out and I think I agree. It's more of like, I was going to yeah, ask you, was that, that was my call. Was that the right call? I think it, I think so. It is more of a, a, a thriller. There is, yeah. I mean, I can't even think of, there's like one action, but it's a, a lot slower paced and it's more just tense thriller, uh, yep. of him hunting people to both of the movies. He's kind of like a John wick hunting people down. And he, you know, the twist of like, do you, you don't know if the girl is alive or not for the whole thing at the end. Like that's still, it works very well. I love Tony Scott's fucking style, the graininess, the tight shots, the fucking harsh lighting. It's great. I know you. Yeah, I do. I do like it as well. But uh, more action, though. Which one? Equalizer, so, or Man of Fire. I think Equalizer technically fits in more with what we are talking about in terms of action. driven. Man, Man on Fire really only has one that one scene where he shoots the rocket and like, the, oh, the, yeah, they kidnap the girl. But. Those are very short scenes. Yeah. The rest of the movie is more him hunting people yes, down and yes, questioning yes. them and torturing them. Equalizer definitely has a bunch of fun scenes where he is just meticulously straight up murdering people. They almost make him like a superhero. There's like a see, there's a thing they do where it it focuses in on his eyes and then it quickly it cuts to things around the room. In this one scene, he's with like Russian gangsters and then he's just suddenly you see there's a guy with a gun over here. There's a corkscrew over here. That guy's got a knife over there. And then it cuts back to him. And he looks at his watch and he goes 16 seconds and fucking takes him out in 19 seconds. He was close. Well, I felt like if we're going to take out a Denzel movie, we got to replace it with a Denzel movie because Denzel is he's a great actor. He's fucking he's also fantastic. A pretty solid action star. He and some stuff that, you know, Denzel is he's such a range. He can do everything from a, a drunk fuck up to an inspiring hero to a romantic lead. Sometimes all of these things in one movie, the man into Shakespeare. He's done lots of Shakespeare. He's fantastic when he does Shakespeare. So, Man of Fire, solid movie. And then a third movie that I saw kept popping up on lists of best Denzel movies was a movie I didn't catch. It was called Flight 2012. Hmm. Robert Zemeckis. Is that the one where he's a drunk pilot? Yes. He, again, he is a drunk fucking drug addicted dude who is a pilot. And the beginning of the movie is fantastic. It sets him up as a fucking drunk who's getting into a plane. Some shit happens. And he has to pull a crazy fucking move to save this plane. He inverts the plane and flies it upside down yeah, to level it. Holy shit. And ends up crashing it. And then you are left with this amazing moral conundrum, right? The plane the, it didn't malfunction because he was drunk. He is the only pilot that could have pulled this off and saved everybody. But the NTSB is now, it's the whole investigation into this and him trying to stay sober, which he does a really bad job of. Uh, during I love this when they give thing. him the bumps of coke, oh so he can like straighten John his John Goodman is in here as his drug dealer, and this fucking guy is such a, a a piece of work that he can't stay straight for his own hearing, and just has a bender the night before, and it's got to do blow to straighten himself up to go testify. And then the, the 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 last scene where he breaks down, and oh, it's fucking great. But you're like, if you were on that plane, he saved like ninety six lives. Yes, he was drunk, <laughs> should have been flying. But he's the only guy who could have saved us, and he did save us. I just think fate worked out that day, and you yeah. just don't question it. But That's does it. he deserve to go to jail? Because 
what he did was was uh, yeah, break maybe the law. He needs to go to jail, but he's but a like, hero. maybe he should get like a little bit of a break because he saved everybody's life. No, so, so. it's great moral. It made you think about fuck. What would how would I think about this guy? And Denzel is great at playing all sorts of stages of inebriation. Well, Imran, let's save your because you're going to do a pod on it. Yeah. Like, let's save your Denzel, your top five. Yeah. No, you got to listen Ruggs, to the show. What, for that. What's your favorite uh, Denzel movie, Rugs? Talking to me. Oh yeah. Um, I like, I like a lot of them, but I mean, uh, that are not action movies. Yeah. Just but, Denzel uh, movie. Yeah, I like. Uh, what's the one? I forgot what the one that it, that he's in with Matthew Broderick. Glory is it? Uh, oh yeah, Glory. Yeah, I, I really like that one. I think Virtuosity is pretty fun. Um, He's done so much. Yeah, those are two good ones. Uh, Book of Eli is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Book of Eli. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think Man on Fire is one of my favorite uh, ones as well. And Flight's good. He's in like it, like literally everything he's in is he's great. He, if you look so at the list really, of movies, he is absolutely like a, a great in every single movie. Like there's no yeah, bad bad performance. Anthony, what would you do? Put number one Denzel movie. I I, I love Training Day. Um, that's a great, oh, that's a fucking Day. great one. He won the Oscar I for love, that one. This one this one doesn't get as much love, but I liked it. I liked John Q. Yeah. Um, John Q is really good. Um. Remember the Titans? It's a good one. John Q, like another great like uh, character that oh is, American Gangster. Yeah, he plays the Frank Lucas, the Hurricane. I mean, bone I mean, he collector. was in the He Got Game. He was got in the Bone Collector. He's great in Spike Lee movies. He's great in Tony Scott movies. Crimson Tide, Malcolm X, the Hurricane. Yeah, oh, oh my yeah. god, he's got yeah, every he every does, movie. Every movie he does. He he he's one of those where when he picks a movie, yeah. He's picking it intentionally. I mean, fucking the Malcolm X. Oh, oh my god, Philadelphia oh, yeah. with Tom Hanks, fucking incredible performance in that one. Like Malcolm X and Crimson Tide. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm not. You're gonna have to yeah, listen to good. the episode for my top five. I know, like my top three, four, and five are getting hard to put in there, but I will definitely plug the tournament and somehow get. He's one of those that he doesn't have many duds. He's never bad in anything. I mean, he's, and, well, he, in the movies, he's already never good. Like, yeah. He does good. He did two train movies. He did Taking a Pell and Unstop- Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah, he loves the train. There are a lot of themes that he does. Like, he's drunk He's dr- in a lot of these, or he's really inspiring, sometimes both, and he, or he's a hitman, or he's an inspiring drunk hitman. Any combination. You just fucking roll it around. He could do it. Inside Man is great. Like, oh, my God. Just all Antoine Fisher. John, yeah. John Q, the the desperate character he plays that's down on his luck, and just you buy it. You buy everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, he's good. He's great. He's, one, I mean, of the, well, one of the greatest living actors of our time, easily. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, that's it for this week. Rumor listener, check out The Flash. We will have a full spoiler review next week. We'd love to hear your instant reactions. Join the Facebook group. Join our Patreon to hear our instant reactions. Rugs, where can the listener find you? You can find me at Really Rug Boy on Twitter. All that shit is in the episode description. I got links at our website, jockandnerd.com. Most important thing, share the show with your geek buddies. We'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. This is going great. Pretty more funny. I fucking loved it. I really don't give a shit. 